Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hello and welcome back in to a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of MileHighSports.com, where you can find pretty much one of the best places for all of the Nuggets coverage that you can find on the interwebs, as well as coverage of the Rockies, the Broncos, the Rapids, the Mammoth, really every team that exists within Colorado. But this is the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, and we are not here to talk about any of that. We are here to talk about the Nuggets 103-99 to road win over the Miami Heat in what was just an absolutely insane game. Um, it was the second night of a back-to-back for the Denver Nuggets. They were exhausted after a tough loss in Houston, and they were without Gary Harris, who we'll talk about more later in this podcast um, due to some left hamstring tightness. So off the bat, there was already a lot of things where working against the Nuggets in that regard. And in addition to that, Miami is one of the toughest places in the NBA to win basketball games. Despite all of that, the Nuggets managed to come away with a huge 103-99 win. It is their 11th road win of the season, and they are consistently proving that this is a team that has turned around their road woes from a season ago and turned it into an absolute strength for them. So, I mean... In this game, so many things happened. Nikola Jokic had just an absolutely outstanding game. He ended up putting up 29 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists in this game. Shot 11 of 21 from the field. Had his 20th career triple-double, fourth of the season. And he really carried the Nuggets through this game. But he was far from the only player who was able to impact this game in a massive way. Torrey Craig had a career night in multiple ways. It wasn't just one. And we'll dive into... All of the nuances and semantics of Torrey Craig's performance against the Heat because it was probably his greatest game as an NBA player to date. He was that good in this game. Um, Also another surprise in this game was that Trey Lyles had an extremely strong night. This was a guy who has been struggling mightily all season. In this game, when the Nuggets needed him most against the Heat, he showed up and showed up in a big way. So I definitely want to give him a shout-out because he deserves it after the play that he had. Um, And then the last thing I want to get to is Gary Harris missing another game. This is his 14th missed game of the season. Um, Just not a whole lot of good things to talk about when it comes to Gary, but it's something that we have to talk about about. And then to finish out the podcast, I will um, answer a few Twitter questions. There were a lot that came through. I'm only going to get to three this time, but I'll get to more on the next podcast. And then we'll look ahead to the Nuggets next matchup as well. Before we get into all of that, though, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. And also make sure on Instagram, you go check out the Regulators Production Group. They are the ones who made the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast as you are hearing it. Um, Definitely go go check them out on Instagram, but before we get into the rest of this podcast, here is a quick word from Terrapin Care Station. 
Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. There is only one place to start when talking about the Nuggets 103-99 win over the Miami Heat, and that is with Nikola Jokic, who, let's just go down the list. He had his 20th career triple-double in this game. It was his fourth career, or it was his fourth triple-double of the season. Um, He played a game-high 40 minutes in this game. It was on the second night of a back-to-back. He shot over 50% from the field, got to the free-throw line six times, only turned the ball over three times, and had a game-high plus nine and plus-minus. Nikola Jokic stepped up when the Nuggets needed him most and in a situation where nobody really expected him to be this dominant. It is so hard to go into Miami and win games, let alone on the second night of a back-to-back, let alone without your second-best player in Gary Harris, and Nikola Jokic handled it as well as anybody can handle it. He really was, without a doubt, an all-star in this game, and he looked like an all-NBA center. He was handling business on both ends of the floor. He was creating offense when the Nuggets needed it and getting teammates involved. He was asserting himself and becoming a scorer when the Nuggets were not able to get good looks beyond his own scoring potential. He was ruthless on the glass, got three offensive rebounds as well to add to the second-chance points, and he just refused to lose this game. Everybody wants to talk about how the best players on each team find a way to win games for their team when it, when it seems like they have no chance to do so, and that was the case tonight for Nikola Jokic. There were multiple moments in this game where it looked like the Nuggets were going to just let go of the rope and the game was going to get away from them, and it made sense. Second night of a back-to-back in Miami without your second best player after a tough loss in Houston and not getting in until 4 a.m. the day of the game. So there there was plenty of reasons to let go of the rope, and Nikola Jokic flat out refused to let go. He was not going to lose this game by just letting it go get away from him. Instead, he battled for every single one of his 48 or 40 minutes in this game. It did not matter what the circumstances was. It did not matter what the Nuggets needed him to do. It did not matter if it was offense or defense. He battled and battled and battled and battled, and he carried the Nuggets to a very big win when they needed it most. And I mean, he looked like an MVP candidate tonight. That's really what I came away thinking, is that this is a guy who played the most minutes on his team, had uh, led his team in points, 
assists and steals and was just all over the floor doing everything he could to keep the Nuggets in this game and whenever it seemed like the game was getting out of hand there was Nikola Jokic with a big time assist with a big time bucket of his own or a big time defensive rebound that led to a bucket on the other end he carried the Nuggets in this game and we're at the point now to where talking about Nikola Jokic as an all-star it's almost impossible to keep him out of the conversation. So on the season right now, Nikola Jokic is averaging 19.2 points, 10.1 rebounds, 7.5 assists, and 1.5 steals per game. In addition to that, he's shooting 50.3% from the field, 32.6% from three-point range after having a very slow start from distance this year, and 84.5% from the free-throw line. I put those numbers into basketball reference just to see what other centers or uh, centers that can play some forward were able to accomplish this. And the only other player that was a big in this manner that was able to average 19, 10, and 7 or more over a full season was Wilt Chamberlain in 1966-67, and then he did it again in 67-68. So you're talking about the only company that he is in is Wilt Chamberlain, and that's not including the, the steals. That's not including the shooting percentages. That is specifically just the 19, 10, and 7 or better. And he was able to get there. Um, Andy Bailey, also of Bleacher Report, he also does stuff for Hardwood Knox Podcast. He's all over the NBA math stuff with Adam Fromall. He pointed out that in those two seasons that Wilt Chamberlain was able to accomplish um, either 19, 10, or 7 and better throughout an entire season, he averaged 46.1 minutes per game. If Nikola Jokic was averaging 46.1 minutes a night, he would be averaging 28.2 points a game, 14.9 rebounds, and 11.1 assists. That is how dominant Nikola Jokic has been. And he, it, like, we were talking about this as well on Twitter. It's He's still wildly underrated people don't understand how dominant Nikola Jokic has been and they don't understand that he hasn't even remotely scratched the surface of his ceiling yet there is still so much further to go and then just to take it a step further Nikola Jokic doesn't fully comprehend how good of a basketball player he is yet when we talk to him in the locker room after games he usually has a puzzled look on his face like he is even questioning why we even want to talk to him. He has no idea of how talented he is, and this is just another testament to do to, to show how good he has been. He has 20 triple-doubles in his career. He is 23 years old and is a center who is unathletic. That is incredible. It is absolutely... Like, there is not enough positive adjectives to say about Nikola Jokic's game and the ability that he has shown as a primary scoring option and a primary facilitating option for the the, the West's best team. The Nuggets are still the first seed in the Western Conference, and is, it is because of Nikola Jokic. I gotta stop ranting. I can go on for three hours just about how incredible Nikola Jokic is, but there were more things that happened in this game, and specifically one player we have to get to is Torrey Craig, who had what was a career night tonight. Um, let's go down this list as well real quick before I get, in, get into the intricacies of his game. So in this game, Torrey Craig either tied or set career highs in total rebounds, defensive rebounds, offensive rebounds, made threes, and assists. He was one minute away from tying his career high in total minutes played and was just everywhere in this game. I mean, 
it was incredible to see Torrey Craig flying around in the way that he was. He was without a doubt the Nuggets' second best player on the floor tonight, and they don't win this game without him. He was 4 of 9 from the field, hit 3 of his 7 three-point shots for 11 points. He had six offensive rebounds, 10 defensive rebounds for 16 boards on the night, had four assists, only one turnover, and played 38 minutes start, um, in, the, in the starting role for the injured Gary Harris. I mean, you can't ask for more than that from someone who was filling in for a starter. He was that good, and even beyond that, all of those statistics actually led towards winning as without him, and this is a game that the Nuggets won by four points. So the Nuggets don't win this game as well, and those assists, I believe, accumulated up to 10 points, and then he scored 11 on his own as well, whether it was hitting threes or getting to the rim or having offensive rebound tips. So Torrey Craig, the Nuggets do not win this game without him. He was phenomenal, and I would say that this was the best playing like this and hitting shots like this and giving this amount of energy as well as Gary Harris continues to be out. I don't see any reason that Torrey Craig is out his energy tonight. He was that good. Without a doubt, he was phenomenal in this game. And honestly, he was very good to the um, the Miami Heat tonight. Whether it was getting sw a switch on to Hassan Whiteside or Pickardson whenever he had the ball in his hands. Torrey Craig was everywhere in this game and the Nuggets do out him. The other surprise in this game for a player who the Nuggets do not win without was actually Trey Lyles. And this is not to say that Trey Lyles has been great by any stretch this year, but for him to come out and have the game he did was really spectacular. Just like Torrey Craig, the Nuggets don't win this game without Trey Lyles. I mean, he finally had a strong shooting night. That's the biggest thing, is that his shooting finally opened up the rest of his ability as a scorer. He went 3 of 5 from 3-point range, hit 6 of his 8 shots from the field, had 15 points, 3 rebounds, only 1 turnover on the night. And he... He was big in moments when the Nuggets had nothing going. The Nuggets bench unit was not strong in this game, but Trey Lyles scored just enough to pull them out of that mediocrity to keep the 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 uh, the heat at bay and to keep them from storming the gates for the and taking the lead back from the Nuggets or whether it was not extending the lead that they already had. Um, so again, Trey Lyles uh, having a rough year, but. He, he had the biggest game of his season when the Nuggets needed it most, and I wonder if we're going to continue seeing Lyles in this rotation once the Nuggets do get healthy, specifically because he's finally playing well again, and the Nuggets need this kind of scoring off their bench unit, especially with Gary Harris out. I mean, the Nuggets only played Wancho eight minutes tonight because apparently he had some fatigue. I'll talk about that a little bit more later, and he was not good. So the Nuggets really needed Trey Lyles to step up in this game, and that's exactly what he did, was step up was big in that third quarter, was rebounding well in that third quarter, was hitting shots, and without him helping carry that bench unit, the Nuggets might not have won this game, likely would not have won this game. Something negative to get to that we have to hit on. Gary Harris had missed a, now his 14th game with what was considered left hamstring tightness after hurting it in their game against the Rockets just a night earlier. So, Nobody necessarily expected Gary Harris to hurt his hamstring, get on a plane, land at 4 a.m. in Miami, get very little sleep, wake up, feel great, and play in this basketball game. The Nuggets have been extremely careful with their, with their injured players all year, so it made almost no sense for them to rush Gary Harris back into this game, and lo and behold, they did not play him. 
that does not mean that this injury is not going to continue to keep Gary Harris out longer than we expect. We just don't know how long it's going to take because there's no indication of the severity of the injury. We don't even know exactly what the injury is. There's been no official statement outside of the fact that he was questionable prior to the Nuggets game against the Heat with left hamstring tightness. It was good that he was questionable and not just immediately ruled out, but there is still some cause for concern. And the other thing, too, that has to be brought up is that this is Gary Harris's third lower body injury of just this season. He's missed 14 games now, two games to an ankle injury, 11 games to a hip injury, and now one game and potentially more with a left hamstring injury. At some point, we might have to have the conversation about if Gary Harris is just injury prone. This is a guy who has had multiple groin issues, multiple foot issues, multiple ankle issues. When you have that many lower body injuries and you play in the way that Gary does with so much athleticism and going downhill when he's not taking threes, you have to wonder if there's a potential for him being an injury prone player. And while there is still a lot more life to Gary Harris's NBA career from the sample size that we currently have. It just doesn't look that good. He just, he, he misses too many games right now. And hopefully this is just kind of randomness for how the situation has been, but we'll have to just wait and see. But when you have that many consistent lower body injuries, it's hard not to wonder what the potential injury could be. I mean, when you look at his numbers, uh, in terms of games played, he played only 56 games in 2016-17. Uh, he played 67 2017-18, and now he's only played 25 of the Nuggets, I believe, what is it, 30, 39 games this season. So you're talking about him missing 15 games or so a season at, at least 15 games or so. He's only played one season of at least 70 games logged, and that was 2015-16 when he had 76. So... If Gary Harris can't get healthy and stay healthy, there's going to be some conversations the Nuggets have to have about where they see him as a player and how many minutes he can play and what kind of role he can shoulder because right now he's been getting hurt a lot and having three separate lower body injuries within within the span of just a few months and missing 14 of 39 games, there has to be questions that pop up. Okay, that was a long-winded little rant there as well, but it is now time to get into a few Twitter questions. Um, the first one comes from J. Ray on Twitter. Do you think Jokic will have a hard time on uh, staying on the floor in the playoffs due to his pick-and-roll defense, or do you think he will be okay or improve over time? This question is so interesting because I think a lot of it, first of all, has to do with the matchup. I think against the Rockets and teams like that or you know, teams like the Nets who specifically run high pick and rolls looking to exploit slower-footed big men, there may be some issues there. But I think that the big part of this question is can Nikola Jokic make the opposing team work just as hard when they're on defense as they're going to make Nikola Jokic work when he is on defense? I think Nikola Jokic in the half court as the orchestrator of the Nuggets offense can do just as much damage, if not significantly more damage, than an opposing team can do just by running uh, pick and rolls at him over and over and over and over again. With that being said, we have literally no point of reference for this. We have no idea how teams are going to match up with the Nuggets in a seven-game series. There's just no way of knowing for sure. But what I personally think from where we are at right now, I think Jokic will be passable enough defensively, and I think he'll be able to make opposing defenses work hard enough in the half court when he's on offense to make up the difference. So right now, I think he's okay. I think there is still a lot of room for improvement. I think his conditioning is going to 
be the biggest focal point of this. If he's not in great condition shape, it's going to be hard to keep him on the floor for all those pick and rolls he is going to get put through defensively. But overall, I do think Nikola Jokic will be fine in a playoff setting, but only time will tell. Um, Larry Walker for Hall of Fame on Twitter, which, by the way, great name. Uh, do the Nuggets trade Trey Lyles? it's funny because he finally had a strong night tonight and he finally had a good game and you can see how much he can help this Nuggets team off the bench. But I think the best case scenario for Denver is that Trey Lyles plays well for the next three weeks or so when the Nuggets continue to get healthy and the Nuggets find find a way to trade Trey Lyles for a pretty high second round pick or a pretty bad first round pick if they include a player as well. So, If the Nuggets can get that to happen, that'd be great because, honestly, Trey Lyles is in a contract year. He's an expiring deal. He has more value beyond just the fact of what he can do on a basketball floor to teams who are looking to clear some cap space. In addition to that, the Nuggets aren't going to be able to re-sign everybody. And with that in mind, I don't know if Trey Lyles is a guy the Nuggets are going to go out of their way to try and pay because he just doesn't really fit into their long-term plans for how it is currently set up. Wancho Hernan Gomez and Malik Beasley both seem to be further ahead in terms of what the Nuggets want to do on a long-term basis than where Trey Lyles is currently at. So I do think the Nuggets explore trade opportunities for Trey Lyles to see if they can find some kind of asset that may allow them to be able to improve their roster or improve their draft odds or whatever it may be for Trey Lyles. So we'll have to wait and see, but the best case scenario for the Nuggets is that Trey Lyles plays well for the next three weeks and raises his trade value before the trade deadline approaches. Last question. What happened to Wancho's minutes tonight? And this was a question I got a lot, so I'm sorry that I only picked this out from Mitchie5280 on Twitter, but there were a lot of you that asked this question. Uh, Wancho Hernan Gomez only played eight minutes, did not take a shot, had one rebound and two turnovers, and did not look good in his minutes on the floor. Um, Before the game, according to Harrison Wind of BSN Denver and uh, Mike Singer of of the Denver Post, they both said that Michael Malone spoke about how Wancho has been battling some injuries and also, and they didn't say which injuries, they just said injuries vaguely, and also that fatigue has been bothering him, which is totally justifiable for a guy who basically did not play all of last season. I mean, it's hard to go from literally not playing all last year, being sick for most of the year, to suddenly starting the majority of games and logging 25 minutes a night. So I think that the reason that, that, um, Wancho didn't play very very many minutes tonight was just because Malone was trying to protect him. He just didn't want to push him too far and didn't want to redline him, as Malone said earlier, uh, or as Malone said in his uh, pregame press conference. Also, when you have Torrey Craig playing as well as he was, it's hard to take him off the floor to put in a guy like Wancho, and Malik Beasley was serviceable enough in his 36 minutes on the floor to where you didn't have to force Wancho into this game. So I think that's really all it comes down to. Next, the Nuggets will come back to Pepsi Center to take on the Los Angeles Clippers in a big game for potential playoff seeding on Thursday, January 10th. That is going to be a big game. The Nuggets and Clippers have split the season series so far, 1-1. One and one. So whoever wins this game guarantees themselves that they will not lose the tiebreaker based on head-to-head matchup. So this is going to be an important game. The Nuggets can separate themselves from the rest of the Western Conference playoff hopefuls even further with 
with a win against the Clippers. So that is going to be a very, very important game. And we I will be at Pepsi Center for that game with lots of content coming out from it. Also on Mile High Sports right now, the post game is up from the Nuggets versus Heat game. There is also a good, bad, and ugly up from this game as well. Um, if you were listening to this podcast on Wednesday morning, there is also probably a starting five up, which is the five takeaways the morning after the Nuggets game. And then again, also... Thank you guys so much for listening. As I say, every podcast, I want to make sure I ham- I hammer this every podcast because I cannot begin to say how much I appreciate the listeners spending time and taking the time to share this podcast, to subscribe to this podcast, to tell their family members about it, to leave reviews, to leave ratings, to leave comments, to interact on Twitter, to leave questions for me to answer, all of the above. I don't have a podcast without listeners, so... Thank you guys so much for keeping this podcast going strong. Make sure to go um, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Also, I'm going to be continually trying to push to get this podcast on different platforms. If you want to hear this podcast on a, on a different platform, please reach out to me and tell me which platform you would like for me to get it onto. It may take some time, but I will work my way towards that. And until then, subscribe on iTunes, leave a five-star review, uh, leave a comment, let me know what you think about the podcast, reach out to me on Twitter at TJ McBride MBA to leave me feedback. My email is in my bio on Twitter as well. Um, my email is tmcbride3793 at gmail. But until next time, that is all we got. The Nuggets are the first season in the Western Conference. They are 27 and 12 right now on the season, and they are continuing their winning ways. And we will talk to you again very shortly. Until then, have a great rest of your day. Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.